So it's great to see you guys this morning. Uh, my name is Derek, and I want to say a big welcome to uh, everybody who's with us at George Mason High School at our uh, West Falls Church location. Great to have you guys along with us. And uh, for everybody tuning in online, we are so glad that you're with us as well. We are um, wrapping up this series called The Justice Experience. And um, man, I tell you, if you've been tracking for the past few weeks, um, there's been a lot of stuff to process I was actually talking to someone earlier this morning just about um, his group was just really wrestling with this whole fair trade thing. And there's lots of really interesting discussion around that, something we talked about last week. And, you know, really, when we talk about the issue of slavery and human trafficking, I mean, it's, it's heavy and it's hard. And there's lots of different things and ideas and questions. And, and, and I just want to give you guys an encouragement before we really dive into the meat of today's message. And that is that as we not just wrestle with a series like this, but just as we just go on and, and week to week are talking about different issues that affect our lives, just want to encourage you and remind you of the importance of community, of having people in your life that as you're challenged by, you know, a, a very evocative message uh, in church or, you know, whatever it is, the substantive things of this life, that you wouldn't just kind of have to process that in your mind and wrestle with it and, and maybe be confused or, or whatever, but that you would be able to have people in your life that you could really talk and process this stuff through with, that you'd be able to be encouraged by people uh, who share the faith that you have, who could just kind of help you along in this journey. And so I just want to let you know that uh, four weeks from today, actually, if you can't believe this, but it's, it's four weeks from today, we're going to be in September, the first week in September. And uh, we're going to be uh, kicking off, we're going to be uh, doing signups for all of our fall community groups around here at Grace. And I know many of you are probably planning to sign up anyway in our fall uh, group session. And so if you're here and you actually have been planning on, your, yeah, I'm going to get into that next round of groups. I, I'm a value community. I want to be a part of that. Um, and you're planning on signing up. But maybe you're also somebody who you're pretty good at understanding and assessing group dynamics. You're pretty good with people. And actually, you're one of those people that you have a, a heart for, for creating safe places where we can really talk about the stuff in life that really matters. And if that's you, like you're pretty good in those group dynamics and, and you think you're somebody that can just foster a, a safe environment like that, then I, I want to ask you to be open to an idea. So we're going to be kicking off a whole ton of groups this fall. Like, we, we have more groups we're planning than we have leaders right now. And so if you're somebody that you think, you know what, I might be able to play some sort of a leadership role in fostering a, a safe place where we could talk about the stuff that really matters. Um, we'd love to at least have a conversation with you. Maybe you're just the kind of person that you like to host people and you're good at making people feel comfortable. Um, there, there, there definitely could be a role for you. So here's what I want to ask you to do. If you would just be open to this idea of uh, going to this link, bit.ly slash host community. If you're planning on signing up anyway, um, what about if you would just be open to having a conversation with us to see if maybe there's some sort of a catalytic role you could, you could help to bring to foster community here at Grace. So you can go there right now. It's, it's actually a, just a link to a Google form that um, basically just captures your information so we can give you a call or send you an email to set up a time we might just be able to talk for a couple of minutes just to, just to have a conversation about that and see if that's something you might be interested in. So one more time, it's bit.ly slash host 
community, you can go there right now. I, won't, I, I would love it if you pulled out your phone and did that right now as I'm talking. That would be absolutely awesome. Okay, so we are going to, uh, today, we're going to stay on a practical note. We've been, kind of the last couple weeks, we've been talking, practically speaking, what in the world can we do about this massive issue in our world today, slavery and human trafficking? And so um, I wanna, we're going to get very practical today, but um, you might be here and you might be saying, you know what, this is great. We've been going practical the last few weeks and we're going to be practical again today about things we can do to really make an, an impact. But there may be a number of you that are still, if you're going to be honest, um, you're, you're kind of discouraged and maybe a little overwhelmed just by the sheer number when we talk about that there's over 20 million people today, right now, in slavery. And there may even be um, many of you that if you're going to be really, really honest, you're, you're actually frustrated. And maybe part of the frustration is that you're frustrated. Why isn't God doing more about this? I mean, if God is so big and so powerful and loves all of us and, you know, every, he's made all these wonderful people, and, and how is this possible? And, and maybe at some level, you know, that, that has run across your mind. And I just want to let you know that if that is your feeling today, you're, you're definitely not alone. And this definitely isn't a new frustration, that's for sure. Um, we are going to take a look at a prayer today. It's, um, it's just, it's a real raw prayer that was written thousands of years ago. And um, we find it in the Old Testament of the Bible, in a section of the Bible. It's one of my favorite sections of the Old Testament, known as the Psalms. It's all these prayers, there's 150 of them, that uh, were captured and recorded in the Bible. And in Psalm 10, the psalmist is frustrated. He's frustrated around injustice. Now, we're not sure if it was specifically the issue of slavery and human trafficking, but clearly there is an oppressor who is doing wicked, terrible things to people, and the psalmist is frustrated. And I'm telling you, though this prayer was written thousands of years ago, it could just as easily have been written this morning written by those of us who are frustrated at what's happening in our world and all the people who are enslaved today. And so we're going we're gonna to dive in and take a look at this. So the psalmist starts out in Psalm 10, verse 1. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He lies in wait near the villages. Going to verse 8 now. From ambush, he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. God covers his face and never sees. So here we have this wicked man oppressing the innocent and the helpless. Could you feel the frustration in those words? I mean, this guy is actually so bold as he's really shaking his fist at God and saying, God, where are you in all this? The prayer continues, verse 12. The psalmist writes, Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. 
Verse 14, but you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Verse 15, break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would otherwise not be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. You guys, this is a powerful, powerful prayer. And one of the things that you'll notice in this prayer is a structure that you find over and over and over in the Psalms. So the most popular kind of Psalm is the lament. It is the cry to God. And what you'll see is a classic pattern. And take note, because this is a way to pray powerful, bold prayers. There's really three parts, and you'll see this over and over as you read through the Psalms. What we find is that the first 11 verses of this Psalm is really a complaint The psalmist is complaining. God, where are you? I'm frustrated. Look at all the things. And the psalmist is just ranting and complaining about the injustice and about all the wickedness that's prospering and the innocent who are are, are just in terrible things are happening. So after those first 11 verses, then the psalmist makes his request. And we see that in verses 12 and in verses 15. This is the part, arise, Lord, lift up your hand. Don't forget the helpless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account. So we've got this complaining and then requesting. And then oftentimes when we pray, okay, think about how you pray. Think about times when you're struggling, you're frustrated, you're calling out to God. Oftentimes our prayers are marked by these two parts, aren't they? We're calling out to God, come on, God. And we're, we're laying it out there, right? And then we make that big request. But for most of us, I would say that that is where the prayer ends with the cry for help. But there's one key part, and this really is essential for praying prayers of bold faith and confidence in God. And that is after we complain, we make the ask, we got to proclaim. After we complain, we have to proclaim. We see this over and over and over again, even in the the deepest psalms of lament. But this is the part where the, the psalmist proclaims, God, you see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief. This is where the psalmist is declaring that the Lord is king forever and ever. God encourages them, hears their cry, defends the fatherless and the oppressed. And you guys, this is so, so important because it's in that proclamation that we're really, we're declaring who God is. Remember, we started this series three weeks ago talking about that God doesn't just have a heart for justice. God is a God of justice. And so in the proclaiming, we are reminding ourselves of who God is. We're reminding ourselves of God's heart for these issues of justice, that God will deliver us and how God's hand has moved in our lives before. This is all the proclaiming part of the prayer. And here's the thing. When we pray, 
We're supposed to pray in faith, confidently coming before God. One of the mysterious things that you read in the Gospels when you look at Jesus and all these people that he healed is over and over and over again, he says this line that's just been so curious to me for years. He says, go, you're well. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. There's, there's a role in our faith being part of this divine process of God answering our prayers. And so it's in proclaiming who God is and how God has delivered before and God's heart for these issues that we bring before him that we really are emboldened, we confidently in faith come to God praying. And I'm telling you, it's powerful. Do not lose sight of that. Don't just complain and make the request, but don't forget to proclaim. The, the awesome power and the goodness of God. Now, you may be saying, great, Derek, that's, that's awesome, okay? Love, love the prayer, love that, that kind of those three different parts, and that's a, a great reminder. But can we jump back to verse one? Like, where is God in all of this? Because it is troubling, and it's very frustrating, and we're trying to do our part, you know? We're trying to get practical, but, but I mean, where, really, like, where is God in the midst of all of this? And what I want to tell you, unequivocally, is that in the midst of over 20 million people being trapped in slavery in the world today, God is absolutely right there in the middle of it all. No doubt. No doubt. And where we see God is actually, we see God inspiring his people to act on behalf of those who are suffering. That's where we clearly are seeing God moving. We are seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of people who God is moving to action against injustice. I want to tell you one place. There's hundreds and hundreds of places where God is moving people, where God is inspiring action against injustice, specifically against the slavery and human trafficking in our world. But I just want to tell you about one, okay? Just one today. And that is an organization called International Justice Mission, better known as IJM. And IJM is an anti-slavery organization that really their sole mission is to rescue people from slavery and work with the local authorities to bring the perpetrators to justice. Now, if you've been coming here for a few months now, you're like, man, Derek, you just love talking about IJM. Like, seriously, I, we hear you talking about IJM a number of times. You brought up the work of IJM, and I got to tell you, I do. I absolutely love IJM, and you want me to tell you why? Because, thank you, I appreciate that. That's good, that's good. I will tell you why. Uh, because of all the different organizations that I've seen, I believe that IJM is the best one out there, the number one organization out there that is fighting this fight against slavery in our world today. And I have been privileged because our church has been uh, partnering with IJM for a number of years, and we have been aggressively supporting IJM financially. In fact, I think we've just gone over $100,000 that uh, our church has given to IJM's work now. Um, 
And I've had the opportunity with, um, with IJM headquarters right here in Washington, D.C. to get to know a number of the staff. There are several actually who go to Grace. Um, and then I've actually had the privilege of going to an IJM field office and seeing the work firsthand. And what is truly amazing is, is how God is working through IJM. Uh, these are some of the, the finest people that you will meet, some of the smartest minds. I mean, just brilliantly sharp people. But on top of that, they are divinely called. This is a Christian organization that believes that God has called them to this work, that they are truly God's hands and feet in the world doing God's mission to bring justice to those who don't have any justice. And so um, what I simply want to do this morning is I just want to present you an opportunity. I want to present you an opportunity, and, you know, that's, that's all it is, okay? So this isn't like some, like, infomercial about IJM. I promise you it's not. But, but for me, it would be pastoral malpractice to stand up here and to talk about these issues that are facing our world and talk about how it grieves the heart of God and it should grieve us and to talk about practical things that we can do and then not lift up what is arguably the number one most effective organization fighting this fight in our world today and to not give you an opportunity to partner, okay? Now, you may be here and it's not your thing. It, God has moved you to, to do other things and that's totally cool. I am merely giving you the opportunity because I couldn't see in my conscience any other way to do it, okay? So what I wanna do is present an opportunity for you to help partner with what God is doing to rescue people from slavery. I wanna give you an opportunity to help rescue people like Cassie. We talked last week about um, the impact of pornography, uh, the demand for it, and how it actually impacts girls like Cassie. This is a real thing, and it is impacting millions of people all around the world. And what I want you to know is that IJM, this is what IJM does on a constant basis all the time, they are partnering to rescue girls like Cassie from slavery. And it's pretty awesome. I've been a supporter for, um, just personally, for a number of years. And one of the cool things is just to get emails of the reports. Um, I'm just dying to hear the report from Lake Volta, you know, just waiting any day now. We've been praying for that, for those children on that lake who are in slavery, that rescue operation that's being investigated and they're preparing that rescue. I, I just, I can't wait to, to read that email. This, this is what IJM does. And as cool as that is, right, as cool as that is to think about um, people like Cassie who are getting set free from slavery, and just being able to enjoy the life that we get to enjoy every day. There's actually something about IJM that I think is even cooler than that. I'm kind of a big picture guy. And so, you know, I, I think about like the rescue's awesome, but like, but for everybody rescued, like there's probably someone else, you know, getting caught up in it and 
So, so what's the bigger solution? What's the, you know, how, how does this thing end? Well, here's, here's what I just think is so amazing about IJM, and there are others like IJM who are, who are in this fight as well. But IJM is more than just rescuing people like Cassie from slavery, but IJM is actually transforming justice systems in communities all around the world. And that's actually how slavery ends. It's in the system being transformed. So I'll explain it this way. So um, I got the opportunity uh, not too long ago to go down to Guatemala. And IJM is working down in Guatemala. And um, Guatemala is a really, really tough place. Some of you are, are from there. Um, there is, I mean, sexual um, crimes are just rampant. Sex trafficking and um, particularly child sexual assault, it's, it's so rampant, it's actually almost like just expected in the culture. Like it's not even a shock to hear that stuff is happening because it's that kind of embedded into the culture in Guatemala. It's, 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 it's really, really um, tremendously upsetting. And I, I, I'm not huge on statistics, but I got to give you one statistic because it really kind of shows you how broken the system is down there. So of all the people who um, are reported to have committed some sort of a sexual crime, only 6% something ever happens to them. Only 6%. That's like one in 20. So 19 out of 20 people just basically get off scot-free. It's a broken, broken system. So a few years ago, IJM um, set up shop in Guatemala City. And um, we, that's actually the, the place where we specifically, we partner and we send funds is, is to Guatemala City as a church. And um, so I was down there just hearing about their work. And... Um, I was trying to figure out, well, why, how is this, this is so crazy? Like, really, only 6% of people actually, like something happens to them, they get prosecuted, they, there's some justice served. How is that? And there's a whole number of reasons. There's a whole bunch of cracks in a system, in a broken system to make it broken. And, and anywhere along that line, you know, one of those cracks is, is the thing that makes justice not work. And there's a whole bunch, but I'm just gonna tell you two. Two things that, um, that are major cracks in the system in, in Guatemala. The first one is that um, often those uh, perpetrators, they will run, they will flee. And what will happen is, is that the police are very under-resourced and under-trained. And so um, it's pretty simple. If someone just flees their residence and they go somewhere else and they change their name, um, basically the police just kind of, they, they do a cursory search and then they give up and they say, oh, we got so many other things going on, we can't track these people. And so it's very easy for criminals just to move, make a name change, and nothing ever happens to them. They're never, never prosecuted. The other big thing is that even when they are apprehended, um, one of the things that um, the victim will have to do, and, and a crazy staggering number of the victims are children, just horrific percentage of the, of the people are children, um, when it actually goes to a trial, the child, <coughs> the, 
the child will have to be in a tiny little courtroom, and I've seen them, and they're really, really small. And they will sit on the stand, and just a few feet away is the oppressor. So imagine Cassie. Four years, that man controlled her whole life, threatened her, beat her every day. Think about that. And she is sitting before him, just a few feet away. How do you think her testimony is going to go? And so tons of these kids don't ever testify because they just can't. Or if they do, their testimony is shot because they're so intimidated. And there's many more gaps, but those are two that are really big ones. They kind of lead to this only 6% conviction rate. And so what IGM does is they not only um, you know, rescue so many of these uh, people like Cassie, but they, they saw where the gaps were and they said, you know what, we're going to hire our own detective. We're going to go find these guys. And so there was actually, and I believe it was a former pastor down there who took the job and he would track these guys down just by going through neighborhoods and talking to people, would find these guys and bring them into custody. Pretty amazing. So effective, you guys, that the police said, IGM, we want you to train us on how to do this. That's transforming a system. That's empowering a community. And IGM saw how these cases were going with all these people not testifying or the testimonies just being completely shot. And they said, you know what? We got to do something about this. So they lobbied. And the government saw the work of IJM and, and all the results they were getting and bringing these folks to justice. And so the government changed the law. And now I just think this is so cool. A girl like Cassie no longer has to sit just a few feet from the one who oppressed her in a court of law but she would be able to have her testimony in a private room, recorded and done by a child psychologist who can speak in terms and language that she would understand. And what we've seen, as it would just make all the sense in the world to you guys, is just a tremendous change in the rates of people being brought to justice. And this is still such a work in progress and so fresh. Some of these things are, are just, have just been happening so recently that I don't have like a great number to combat that 6%. But what I can tell you is I've seen it with my own eyes, you guys. And I'm telling you, IJM, I mean, God is at work. God is on the move in places like Guatemala and the Philippines and Thailand, and India, and all over the world through the work of IJM. And so I simply want to present you with an opportunity this morning because I believe with all my heart and soul that God is at work and is on the move through organizations like International Justice Mission. And so if you're here this morning and you want to partner you want to do something, okay? I want to just give you that opportunity. It's cool if you don't. It's cool if you're, you know, you feel like God's moving you other places. That's awesome. But what we have for you today is in every single bulletin, <coughs> excuse me, if you'd open that up, we have a, a card, an IJM card. And if you're with us online or uh, you don't have a pen with you, you can get out your phone and you go to ijm.org slash FP. 
That stands for Freedom Partner. And um, basically, what I want to invite you to do is to, to join with the work of IJM. It's uh, $24 a month, which uh, Starbucks, come on, let's think about Starbucks for a minute, right? Many of us spend more than that uh, per month on, on getting our coffee in the morning. Um, but this is just an opportunity. It's nothing more than that. But I would love for you to prayerfully consider partnering with IJM today. If you need a pen, just shoot your hand up. We've got ushers that are going to come around. If you need a pen, just, just grab one. Um, shoot your hand up. They'll get you one. Uh, what I want everyone to do is I want everybody to put their hands on the envelope, okay? Every single person here, put your hands on the envelope. And, um, and if, you, if you do if, either two things, either fill out that piece of paper, um, and West Falls Church, you guys are doing the same thing over there as well, okay? Either fill out that piece of paper, become a freedom partner today, or would you just hold that paper and would you just pray? Would you pray for the work of IJM? Would you do that? And then um, what, what's going to happen is now the, the music team's going to, they're going to play a song while we do that. And um, when you're done, towards the end of that song, everybody, and at West Falls Church too, you're going to pass those envelopes to the right. Everybody, whether you fill one out or not, we want all the envelopes passed to the right and ushers are gonna come around and grab those and then I will close out our service this morning. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Let's pray. Lord God, so many people suffering in this world. Lord, you know them all. You see everything. We lift them up to you one more time. And we just pray for people like Cassie and so many more. God, we ask that you would rise up, that you'd continue to inspire your people to move in a mighty way. God, thank you for opportunities that you give us to partner with where we see you moving. Lord, we do pray that you would bring justice like a river. God, thank you. Thank you that you give us tangible ways to be involved. We thank you, God, and we just continue to trust in you and your work. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.